Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, what's the one thing, and you can chime in if you want, that everyone experiences, but not everyone uses it to their advantage? Let me run it again. That everyone experiences, but not everyone uses it to their advantage. Okay, I'll go ahead and think about it. I'm give you the Jeopardy. Okay, let me go ahead. Um, yeah, because we don't have all day. Um, pain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Pain. So I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm saying, man, I think that the most, the happiest people or the most adaptable people were people who knew what to do with their pain. You see what I'm saying? Like some of us really didn't, would not have been the leaders that we are or the go-getters that we are if we didn't experience coming from the bottom. You know, quote, unquote, now we hear Bishop Drake, right? Said it before. Like some of us really don't put value in the hard startups. You know, when you had to fry your bologna and make that little circle thing and it pops in the middle and what have you. Or, you know, you started being the real gourmet chef with the oodles and noodles, right? Like some of us would not be like truly the leaders and the self-initiators and the go-getters that we are if we weren't left home all the time because our parents were working however many jobs or just couldn't, you know, for babysitting or what have you. Like, if you really think about your start, you'll be like, you know what? Absolutely. I get it. Like, and even myself, I can contribute my strong work ethic and my strong sense of administrative skills in any setting because of the fact that I was the firstborn child. Shouts out to us because we were the rough drafts. They were super duper hard on us, and then they eased up as the more babies came out. I'll go ahead and start a petition about that later, but we're going to just focus on the, the first pain, okay? So me being the firstborn automatically came out with a whole bunch of chores, you know, a, a skill set of I was literally, because my mother was a single mother, I was the head of household. So I learned very early how to manage a house. Now, you know, earlier me wouldn't have appreciated this conversation at all. Because I looked at it like I can't hang with my friends because I got to babysit my brother and my sister. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm the only one that I know working, coming straight home because I got to make sure that, you know, I'm home for my brother and this, that, and the third. And it was a real, you know, I, she, she wasn't the happiest about it. But looking back, the reason why I've never had a household that I did not know how to manage, whether it be a studio apartment, whether it have been a house, my what I can attribute to that is the fact that I was taught it in a place of pain. I hated the fact that when I was younger, my mother wasn't home that often. I hated the fact that, you know, my brother and I weren't getting along because there was a bleed over in our relationship. I couldn't be his sister. I had to be mommy number two. And he was very clear by my stature and the way that I look, skin tone and all, that I was very much so not his mother. But I had to assume that role because mommy put me in that role. So when I'm saying, hey, go do your homework and get in the bath, he's, he's hearing his sister, you know, 
prior to puberty with the voice sounding just like his. And he's like, you're not my mother. And so the aggravation of all that at that time, now I can pull from that pain. To be completely honest with you, the sole purpose of my work ethic is because I saw a hardworking woman. Would I have described that as such back then? Absolutely not. I would have described it as you're never home. Okay. I hate it. But you know what? Shouts out to her because it wasn't like she was out clubbing. You know, no disrespect to those who do that. But when my mother was not home, she was taking care of business. I saw a hardworking woman. And so when I became and started developing into my womanhood, I knew nothing less. I saw someone who started from McDonald's. She then became a security officer in a homeless shelter that I often used to come because we didn't have ba- she didn't have money for babysitting. So I used to have to go into her office and I slept nights there. And we she made it real cute now that I can recall. It was like, you know, take your daughter to work day. And she was just like, but you're not to go out there. <laughs> you have to stay in inside of the office near the radiator with the heat. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. But to this day, I don't know a level of relax and that both serves me and it works against me at times. But I saw a very hard working woman. I saw a woman, like I said, she went from McDonald's to the to the security officer to working her way up and then getting her degree and her final landing place. She was the assistant director of her particular company. And I had the front row seat of seeing that. And while it did not feel comfortable on the rise, on the way up, now that I have the beauty of being able to reflect on the pain, I look at myself and I'm like, man, I would not have the strong personality of go get it. You hear no and you turn it to not yet. You add that T and then you Y-E-T it. It's not a no, it's not yet. And if it's a strong no, then it's God's protection. I pull from that because I pulled from the pain. The fact that my father was not there. You know, cried about that for some years until I learned how to pull from the pain. And what it taught me is it is crucial, crucial to have people around you that you feel like, you know what, I may not have an earthly father, but I know my father in heaven and I have good people around around me please understand that the absence of a parent of of any sort mother father auntie uncle whomever was supposed to be your guardian the absence of them is not the demise of you do you get that do you understand that the absence of that person is not the demise of you please let that reach deep down into your soul because i feel like that was a holy spirit drop so go ahead and get that nugget okay Because oftentimes we look at it like, you know, for a while, I looked at myself like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that he did not want to be in my life? If I was a a boy, would he have stayed? Um, What did my mother do or not do? And we can go back and forth and play the tennis match of what if, but the reality is, Whatever the decision, reason for the decision, he made the decision not to be there. So what I pulled from that is there will never be a responsibility of mine that I'm clear is a responsibility of mine, whether it be a kid, whether it be a job, whether it be a friendship, that I am not clear on counting the cost and seeing it through. You know, and my aunt has said something so awesome to me. She said, you know, 
he's really missing out on a great person. And the younger me wouldn't have understood that. It's like, well, if I'm so great, why isn't he here? But the older me looks at it like, you know what? I pity the fool. Yep, Mr. T with it. Because not to know me is, is mm, you missing out on the blessing. And that's how you got to look at yourself. And so I pulled from that and thank God I didn't get my commitment skills from him. <laughs> you, I, I got it from my mother. I've never seen my mother quit something and not, or enter something and not make it great. And so I picked up on that. And so, again, you have to start looking at the pain of certain situations. Okay, you got fired from that job. What did it expose in you that you need to strengthen? Because a lot of the times what pain does is it exposes an area that you neglected. Maybe you need to go ahead and sharpen up on your um, sensitivity skills. You absolutely positively cannot be overly sensitized in this world and be successful at the same time. You are to have a heart. We absolutely don't want you being uh, cold-hearted in these streets, okay? But you can't be overly sensitive and still be successful. There's no such thing. There's no room for that. There was a time when Jesus was, you know, if that was the case, when Jesus was walking around, it would have been every other verse, Jesus is weeping again. Like, he always crying. <laughs> I don't, Jesus wept again? How many times does it say that in the Bible? Once. You see what I'm saying? And so the pain is showing you so many things. Please don't don't put on blockers, you know, the things that is on. I don't know the, the technical name, but what they have, the little blinder things they have on horses. No, let pain teach you. Oh, that particular heartbreak with that particular relationship. What did it show you? Not what do you feel? That's the entirely wrong question. That particular heartbreak showed you, you know what? You let said thing go on too long. And just when you didn't have the strength to say, you know what? I value myself too much to continue to put up with this. Said person left and now you're, you're stuck with feeling the emotion and the stupidity and the anger behind. I'm the one that was putting up with all of it and you're the one that left. So what that should have shown you is you don't know how to say when, when it comes to relational pain. You need to start picking up on those red flags earlier so that you can have an adult sit down and say, hey, this is, you know, a, a problem that I'm seeing that continues to arise. So I want to address it because if not addressed, then it's going to be our demise. And that's a grown up big boy, big girl conversation to have, right? You can do the same thing with your bosses. A prior situation should have shown you, mm, I don't do well being micromanaged. I don't do well um, without being micromanaged. You need to be on me. I'm a great worker, but I tend to, you know, pick up my phone every so often, go on to social medias, mm -hmm, and, you know, I'm taking selfies in the cubicle, what have you. So you're going to have to be on me. But a prior situation should have shown you that. Either you getting into it with the boss somewhere else, you getting possibly fired in a prior situation. Something should have shown you so that you can have the big adult talk and sit down with said boss and say, hey, this is um, how I learn best and this is how I yield the best you know, level of productivity. And so I need this from you in order to get that out of me. You see what I'm saying? 
Like, we really need to understand. Why do you think people are so grateful when they win awards and they're like, I'm just such and such from a small town and, you know, this, that, and the third. And it's because in their mind, they're like, the reason why I just was steadfast on this situation it was like i'm going to get this any means necessary it's because i looked around me and that that wasn't the environment that i saw i thrived on so i was going to create this um ain't no mountain high enough on how high or how low i would have gone to accomplish this but just the the beauty of seeing look how far pain could push you discomfort can push you in the right direction if you allow it so oftentimes we let pain make us do an about face and we go somewhere else. We go to a dark place. You know, Moses had, he was exposed when them Hebrew boys was fighting and he was like, hey, you know, trying to break up the fight because, you know, Moses is a good man in the Bible, if you will. Um, and they were like, what, you going to kill me like you did, oh boy, the other day? And so that exposure of, oh, y'all know that I did something that I didn't want people to know that I did. It, make, it made him run to the wilderness for 40 years. You know, the exposure of my father feeling like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> um, that dry hump turned into a baby. Uh, I don't I don't want to do it. It made him run to a whole completely different state to get away from that. And so let's not mistake that pain, absolutely positivity. Oh, it has a momentum. It will propel you. You just have to choose where. I got to a place in my life that I can honestly say pain has been my greatest teacher. My greatest teacher, not my greatest leader. It's a huge difference. Pain has taught me how far I will allow someone to go in my life, how many mistakes I would say, it's okay, it's okay, how many times I'll say that, um, how hard I will work at a job, um, the distance that I will go from my children, um, how much I will extend myself for certain people. I, pain has taught me to learn things quicker because I don't have the time to let pain be my leader. I, I've been led by pain before, and I'm wise enough now to say, mm -mm, if the Holy Spirit is not leading you, and if you're allowing your emotions to, then you are traveling a very dangerous road. Because the thing about pain is that um, it doesn't have a frequency. It comes out in spurts. You either feel real, real bad at some time, then you feel nothing. So it's an inconsistent path, and I'm not interested in that. I think as an adult, as you're navigating through life, you should be seeking the path of consistency in all areas. I think sometimes we often try to find balance, but what we really need is consistency. You need to know that this is when you get paid at your job. You need to know when your bills are actually due. You need to know, okay, this is the schedule that my children have for their school year, so this is a separate calendar. You need to you need to actually have something consistent. Can you imagine having a month? Let's just imagine a whole entire month where you don't know when you get paid and you don't know when your bills is due. You just know sometime during this you're going to get paid and sometime during this month you're going to have to pay a bill. The, that's chaos. And so, so oftentimes we're looking for the balance of, no, I just want to feel like, you know, everything is on one platform and the momentum is just, no, 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 that's not it. It's consistency. You need to learn the consistency, the beat, the pulse of how you operate the best. And so if we use pain to its 
potential that it's that it should benefit us we will start to see oh okay how do you think women know that you know what I'm, I'm getting ready to go into labor there's a pain that is different that propels them to you need to call 911 we need to get to an emergency quick or I'm getting ready to have this baby in this car sidebar have you been seeing those videos where those women you know, some women gave birth. I saw one, she gave birth in the front seat, and husband was like, ooh, it's trying to drive. And then I saw another where was, she was in the back seat with the father, and then the cab driver was just as calm. Listen, enough to make you queasy. But you know what? If they have a baby ever again after that, shouts out to them if they were to do that, because uh, that no pain, no gain, <laughs> it was something serious. But you know what that pain would have taught them? Okay, body. You tend to give um, birth faster than the average bear. So the moment that you feel like, hmm, that's a little bit of pain, I need you to um, fly to the ambulance. You cannot wait last minute. You can't wait like the average women. You can't wait till your water breaks. No, no, no. Your body does something different. So that pain in that car, ma'am, <laughs> the um, scaredness that you felt in that car, sir, the moment that she says, Oh, that was uncomfortable. You need to be uh, gassing up the car, gassing up the jet. Let's go ahead and get out of it. You see what I'm saying? What did the prior pain in your life teach you? And how are you using it now to propel you in the right direction? Because if not, pain will continue to multiply in the same way over and over again. That's why people get in relationships and it's like, I feel like I dated you before just with a different name and social security number and height. Oh my goodness. Or you go to a new job and you're like, oh, I hated Susan in my last job. Now she's Beverly at this job. Like pain will continue to, sh to show itself. You need to learn how to shape shift and arrange yourself around the pain so when you see Beverly at this job you can go ahead and cut it and say I already know I don't do well with that kind of spirit yeah um her soul <laughs> doesn't align with my characteristics I don't like it so we're gonna go ahead and keep it real cute we're gonna hi good morning bye and anything in between because I know that the mere essence of you aggravates me everything is email yeah, because I can fake it on the email before I can in your face. And I'm not, we're we not about to act like we're going to potluck at each other's house. I don't want to do it. Last time I tried to play the corporate game and the political stance, it didn't work for me, okay? And I felt bad because people I thought was my friends was really playing. You see what I'm saying? You start to add up the pain and you're like, oh. Yeah, instead of getting mad at people, get get strong in that area that it was like, you know what? Had I known to play the political game, I wouldn't have experienced that last pain. And you may still want to stand true to it. I'm not playing the political climate. I'm not doing it at a, at a workplace. If if that was the case, I would have ran for presidential elect. Like, I'm not doing that, right? So then, okay, don't run for it, from it. But how do you arrange yourself around it where you're not consistently getting the byproduct of the pain of not knowing and not strengthening yourself in said area? You have to really understand that appreciation sometimes comes from the people who were hurting the most. Like when you're finally able to cook a real meal, you may, you know, revert back from time to time to a good oodle and noodle, you know, 
to a to a good can of ravioli shouts out to the beefaroni fans because that was one of my top faves okay great um you may revert back but because you you sometimes i think we crave from time to time to understand wow this is where we came from you know if you have the opportunity you want to go ahead and drive past you know your childhood home or the area that you grew up in and that's why we get so excited when we bump into people whether it be on social media or in real life that we grew up with it's like oh my goodness because the only time that i think we really track our progress is in when we have those particular encounters right and so we really need to get to a place that we start to just evaluate ourselves and every time that something is uncomfortable, we have to say, oh, okay, um, so how am I going to use this for my future? Don't let pain keep using you. Pain is not your pimp. Yeah, get that. Yeah, at no time do you need to just, just be exposed and just waiting for pain, you know, just to arrive whenever he, she wants to. No, that's not, that's not what we're doing. What are you doing to massage the prior pains? Because I really don't think, I think pain should be equivalent to what it felt like when we fell off the bike, right? We fell, we hurt ourselves, we came back with a snotty nose. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> and we went ahead and patched it up, you know, and then um, whenever we got brave enough again, we got back on the bike and then, you know, that was life. Some of us, blood and all, we were just like, whatever, I'm still going to play because I don't want to go inside the house yet. Shouts out to you. You're a different kind of gangster. Um... But some of us really need to understand that it, pain can last that long. It can be a, a, a Thanos snap, you know, just go ahead and poof and it be gone. I know my husband would appreciate that because he's an um, action Marvel kind of fan. And so for him to hear this, he's going to be super excited. So <laughs> that was for you, husband. But going back to that, pain doesn't have to last that long. You know, now we have all types of ways of managing pain in the flesh, right? Oh, you don't want to feel those contractions no more? Go ahead and get you some epidural. As soon as you sign and say, I'm checking in, can you say, um, we can go ahead and get the epidural now? Hey, I don't even want to wait till the, yeah, I don't want to whistle while I'm working. Mm -mm. Let's go ahead and get this epidural now. You feel a little something in any part of your body, you sign up real quick to your doctor like, hey, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get that, you know, situated. Why do you think there's such an opioid issue? Because people are trying to smuggle pain and just mask it as best as they can. What would happen if we started pimping pain? If we started saying, listen, I'm not crying about such and such not being in my life. We're not. Absolutely not. I understand, yes, it was unfair. It was a detriment, you know, to my part of my life. I would have wished you were there. You know, would I have wanted a two-parent household? Maybe my mother wouldn't have worked so hard. Maybe, you know, I would have had the Huxable situation. Who knows? But from what I received, no, I became a go-getter because I was a product of a single-parent household. I became a self-initiator. You don't have to tell me to handle my business. It's handled before you even thought had the idea to tell me. You understand? The reason why I had courage enough to leave an entire state that I was born and raised in to go to another state to start over is because I understood I can make it anywhere. Like, I think that New York mentality, you know, what the Bishop Jay-Z said, you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, New York, the concrete jungle, where dreams are made of. <laughs> you know, that's how the scripture goes with the Bishop Hove, right? 
So something about that mentality, just being a part of that, you know, it did something to me. My biological father left and went to Maryland. I don't know if I would have had that that posture had I been in Maryland in the suburbs, you know, getting the, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air treatment, if you will. Who knows? And so, you know, and we can play it back and forth, but it's pull from it what you were supposed to pull from it. You know, let it be your... Let it be your war story where you look back and you like, yeah, this is how I got this patch and this honor and this badge of honor. But don't let it be the sole reason why if somebody touches it, you crumble still. It's like that wound still hurts. It's been 13 years. I don't, we still crying about such and such not being here? Or you giving so much to that community, that church, that job, like it still hurts. And don't get me wrong. I am not in any way, shape or form trying to minimize pain. I believe pain is real. Raising my hand right now, the left one to be to be exact, I am truly understood. And I think that pain is just an indicator that you're still human. Thank God that you are not a part of the clan where you just don't care anymore. So pain is an indicator of, you know what, your heart's still beating, you're still human, and you still care. I'm speaking to the part that looks a lot like, why are you still limping on something that happened decades ago? Why are you still limping at the situation that occurred a year ago? Why have you, like, do you understand that crutches are a transitional object, right? A cast is a transitional kind of barrier, right? So what I'm getting to is feel it, but move on from it. How do you move on from it? You pull from it what it should have taught you, where if you were stronger in that area, maybe you wouldn't have felt that. And then we attack the area that we need to get strong at, and we go to work. We go to absolute work. A couple of things that, you know, the corporate world showed me. I can't just assume that everyone who smiles in my face is friendly. Now, there are people who smile in your face and they are friendly. But I learned, hey, I am super duper sensitive. Like naturally, my disposition is I am a sensitive being. I don't know if it has to do with, you know, how I was raised. I Probably not, and who knows, but, or maybe, you know, the quote-unquote zodiac sign, who knows? I know you're probably like, when's her birthday? June 28th. But anywho, don't know where that, don't, no, don't try to, oh, what is that? Oh, she is sensitive. Don't do that in your head. But I learned my natural disposition is I am overtly sensitive. And ladies, around a certain type of month, I'm not the woman who gets only angry I also get super duper teary like I find myself I think I maybe I've told you this before um I start looking at when soldiers come back and they reunite with their families I don't know how I always navigate toward that and just I'm sobbing and it's like what is wrong it's like he hasn't seen him in a year it's like seriously throw your phone because if it's getting you to this, I can't. So I learned very clearly I don't operate well when um, my emotions are exposed. So I am very clear on when I need to be sociable, when I don't need to be, um, when I'm letting people in too far, and when they when they should have kind of, you know, certain relationships would have never happened in my life had I identified very quickly, you're not consistent. Because that is a need of mine. 
after seeing so many other relationships of all sorts, intimate relationships, family situations kind of, you know, fading away, I've learned if a person is not consistent for me, I can't do it. And that's just the way that I'm, that's how I'm wired. And then I found that in looking at how other situations failed and was like, now how is it that I knew such and such for this many years or I, you know, really felt close to such and such, but then what was the key element? And it always, when I was able to wash off the plate of her and really look into the plate, it was, oh, it was a lack of consistency. The, I feel a huge level of disrespect when someone doesn't let me know, hey, something's changing in my life. It's not you and I, it's just, you know, something's happening in my life or when something is changed on how they feel about me and they just pretend like real quick, I had someone in my life an entire year. We went to outings. We were going to, and it was like a couple thing. Um, we went to outings. We went to their houses. I found out a whole year later, she never liked me from day one. And that was the equivalent to me to cold-blooded murder. Because I couldn't fathom. To me, inviting someone to your home is the most intimate. It don't get any more intimate than that to me for two women, right? And so my thing was, you let me into your home, which in my opinion is your safe haven. You let me into your home knowing you didn't like me from the beginning. And then the kicker, you ready for this, was that she didn't like me because of a suggestion that I made when I was my first time meeting her. Oh, so, and I mean, and it goes deeper than that. We exchanging tech messages. It's like, you know, we calling each other sis. You, you know, that's a big deal. When you start calling somebody sis and sending heart emojis and telling them, you know, I love you. And, you know, when you get adult liking to that to that point, it's like, it feels like betrayal. Like, wait a minute. And she tried to do the whole, like, can I explain what? And my thing was, you know what? Whatever her explanation would have been, it's never going to be able to um, explain to me why she was not her authentic self for 12 months plus. That I can't handle. Not when we've talked about intimate things and, you know, stuff where it's like, listen, I'm confiding in you on both ends. My heart couldn't understand. Why were you okay with wearing a mask where I was my most unveiled? And so that pain taught me, oh, I need to pay more attention to, um, and the sad part, it wasn't even no cues. My thing was just never again while I let someone in because of their relationship to someone else. So without giving who that person is away, let's just use an example. I have a certain way that I let people in. I have to test tried and true. But if you were to tell me, hey, this is my good friend such and such, and you have a good rapport with them, they kind of skip the line on what I would normally do. You see what I'm saying? And so I allowed her to skip the line because she had a relationship with someone that was dear to me already. 
And so my thing was, oh, I'm not doing that again. And how I got that confirmation is because another situation happened within months of that, that I was like, wait a minute, because I let pain direct me and kind of, wait a minute, is those two match, what's the common denominator? I allowed you to skip the line and skip the process of my comfortability because of you had a situation or relationship with someone that was dear to me. Yeah, not doing that again. I'm going to use my own discernment. I'm going to use my own um, arrows to say, I don't really. Yeah, that's weird. Um, you want to? And let me go through the natural process of getting closer to you and not just going ahead and taking you prepackaged. No, I need to open it up and I need to dissect it to see if I'm allergic to anything in, in this. I didn't even read your label because you came with the, you know, the ribbon and the bow of, oh, such and such already stamped approved you. Now not happening but that's what the pain taught me for those two situations and ever since guess what she hasn't had that issue I haven't had the issue um because I let pain propel me in another way now it wasn't oh I'm never and you know females just grind me and you can't trust women and no I didn't let pain push me that way you know that that's immature at this point be adult enough to say okay what did I miss Sherlock I'm usually good. What happened? Was my magnifying glass a little smug? She's like, what happened? And the reality was, oh, oh, I let you cut the line. <laughs> oh, no. Because I have solid friendships, but it's been tested, tried, and true. You just, um, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You didn't even show your ID at the club. And then I'm wondering why you're making a mess when you get in here. Because you didn't go through the process. So you know what these conversations are about, right? You know what the purpose is. They are thought-provoking conversations to let you know and say something to you that if somebody else said, they'll be afraid you'll hang up. But guess what? I know your phone number, and my redial game is phenom, so I'm not afraid. So what this conversation should challenge is, okay, what pain is still present in my life that if I put my pointer on it, it's still a, ow, that kind of situation, right? And what do I need to get stronger in so that I no longer feel that? And then on the other end, how am I going to let pain propel me for the future? You need to make a stance right now that I'm not afraid of pain. I welcome it because it teaches me. It doesn't lead me. You see what I'm saying? And I think if you have that mindset, once you really hone in on that, oh, it's going to be phenomenal. Like, yeah, just you top of the world. <laughs> you understand? And you can go ahead and give me my 10%, you know, however you want to give it. Let the Lord use you um, because I came up with the, okay, all right. We'll just charge you the friendship. That's fine. But um, as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. I'm going to let the pain of you just not giving me the 10% propel me to do something great right now, okay? But I talk to you later. I'm gonna call you back. We're gonna talk about something else good. But this was a good combo. I'll talk to you later. All right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Later.